Welcome into the Puttcraft Podcast. My name is Reed Nelson. Tomorrow night, Monday night, 6 p.m., our first ever Evolution League event, E-League for short. I think we'll be kind of rolling with the term E-League from here on out most of the time. It is E stands for Evolution. Uh, tomorrow night at Lilliput at 6 o'clock p.m., um, I'm very excited. This is an E-League primer. I want to kind of give you guys a, a, a look behind the curtain, why we're doing this, what we think this could mean for the future of PuttCraft, um, uh, et cetera, et cetera. The first thing that I want to follow up on is we, you know, there was a little chatter during the last podcast about if we should change the... What is the word that I'm looking for? The metrics, the standards, the eligibility requirements for this, uh, for E-League. And we're going to make a very, very small change, a change that is actually only going to affect one player. And that player is Caden Hasilius. If you win a Puttcraft event, you are ineligible, an open event, excuse me, you are ineligible for an E-League event for one year. If you finish in the top three of an open event, you are ineligible for an E-League event for three months. Previously, this was six months. Um, after what happened last week, I decided to change it from six months to three months. And there's a number of reasons behind that, but you know, ultimately, we have to zoom out and we have to say, okay, what's the purpose of the E-League? And here's the purpose of the E-League. The purpose of the E-League is to give players who don't normally finish at or near the top of the leaderboard an opportunity to simulate that sort of experience. That I'm down by two strokes with four holes to play. I'm up by two strokes with four holes to play. That is not something that you can practice, that feeling. That is not something that you are going to experience if you're down 26 strokes with three holes to play. So hopefully this will be a, well, not hopefully, I know it'll be, it's going to be a different experience um, than some of these players might be used to. Not all of them, but some of them, because the hope is, is that if they get this experience, uh, they're going to become better puttcraft players. They're going to become better open players with this experience under their belt. That's the whole goal. That's why we're using the term evolution, uh, because we want you to evolve. We want you to improve and get better. And I hope and I believe that this is going to be uh, something that will help you get to that point. Uh, I've said this several times before. Right. And I'll, I'll, I'll give a little tiny story. When I played high school football, we went through two a day practices in August and we practiced against each other, our teammates. Then we went to a scrimmage, you know, the Saturday before our first game. And the speed was completely different because you can't simulate game speed. Same thing with, with miniature golf competition. You can go out to Lilliput 30 times and you can knock in all the best, 
uh, you know, you can, oh, I had the best round. You know, I, I had this many aces and I had this many birdies and this many eagles. And this is eight strokes better than I've ever played before. Okay, cool. Now do that under the lights. Do that in a group with Sean Brown and Matt Rolstead. Do that in a group with, um, or do that when, when, when you're on top of the leaderboard and players are right behind you. Do it with that pressure. It's different. My hope is that the E-League helps us simulate that sort of pressure and that sort of experience. Also, it's going to give players an opportunity. And I mean, this is sort of the obvious one. I don't mean to point out the obvious to you. It's going to give players an opportunity to win an event who don't normally or aren't normally in the conversation for winning events in the hopes that one day they will be winning open league events. Uh, because the goal is to constantly be improving and constantly getting better. So it it's, it's a little bit of that too, but I don't think that's the main purpose. Ultimately, ultimately, I believe what these players want is to go toe to toe with Sean Brown and beat him. That's what I think they want. This helps them get to that point. I'm not saying it helps them get to that point tomorrow. I'm saying it helps them get to that point eventually. Plus, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, I had a couple of questions. I think two people asked me this. Can I come? Of course you can come. Uh, can I play? Sure, play. Your, <laughs> your, your, uh, your strokes aren't going to count. I'm not, I'm not going to record them. You can record them yourself. Um, but, and, and I don't want you to pay me. So th- th- this is for players who are not eligible for E-League. You come out, play around. Um, if the groups are small enough, I might even put you in the groups. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Ideally, that wouldn't be the case. We wouldn't be needing that. Uh, but it's possible that if, if you're there and you want to play alongside, I don't personally see the harm in that. I don't personally see the harm in an ineligible player playing next to an eligible player. We're not going to have a massive turnout tomorrow night. I think it'll be under 10. I think it's going to be over five, but I think it's going to be under 10. Um, so for now, I don't see the issue with it. Uh, you know, it's kind of a more the merrier situation, but again, I want to reiterate, you pay the course directly. Do not pay me. Um, I'm talking about the players who are not eligible, uh, play alongside, stay out of the way if you will. Uh, but again, the more the merrier, uh, I, 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 you know, speaking of pressure, it's fun to have people there watching. Um, and I know you guys just can't, can't help it. You, you want to play, which, which is great. I, I, I personally have no issue with that. Um, currently. Okay, what else do we have here? Where are the stats going to live? So this question was brought up to me, and this is an excellent question. This is a question that I started typing out an answer to, and then I was like, you know what? I need to think about this a little bit. So here's my thinking here. I'm not sitting here, and I'm not going to say that I'm right, and that this is the way it has to be. This is where I'm at right now. We are going to create two new columns on the stat pages. If you go to puttcraft.com, click on career stats or season stats, you'll see up there. One of those columns is going to be top five finishes E-League. The other column is going to be tournament wins E-League. All of the other metrics are going to combine. So, um, excuse me, 
I'm going to do an E-League events one as well. So there'll be events. I'll change it to open events and I'm going to change it to E-League events. But double eagles, eagles, birdies, BE percentage, pars, par percentage, BEP percentage, hole in ones. I'm going to combine those onto your other stats. And the reason I'm going to do that is because I can't think of a reason not to. Okay. So these are the same courses that everybody's playing. It's not as if you're playing some newfound course that is just filled with aceable holes or the opposite. So I think, you know, for somebody to have their stats combined with their old stats, I just don't see the harm in it. Now, somebody might raise their hand in the back and say, but Reed, what about total birdies? I think you're going to be talking about birdies later on in this podcast. Yes, I am. I don't necessarily think that total birdies or total eagles or total pars or total aces is a massive deal. The reason being is this. Sean Brown has played in 35 events. Josh Benish has played in 30 events. Okay. But Eric and Zach and Cameron Aselius have played in 15 straight events. So they're way down the list, right? So, so if, if, if we talk about birdies, for example, which, which we're going to talk about here later on, Eric Aselius is ninth in birdies with 201. Um, Zach Aselius is eighth with 204. Sean Brown is first with 507, right? You don't really look at those, that data and combine them and say, oh, Sean's a way better player than Zach and Eric. He has two and a half times the birdies. Yeah, he's played in, you know, two and a half times the events. The percentages is really, if if, if we're ranking players and looking at players that way, the percentages are really, really, really what matters. Now, I get it that that lily putt happens to mess up the percentages more than any other, and I don't mean to use the term mess up, but change the percentages more than any other uh, course, but I don't see the issue in combining double eagles, eagles, birdies, birdies, eagles, pars together and BEP, BE and BEP percentage together while keeping top five finishes, tournament wins, and events separate. That's where I'm at today. If 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 I if any of you think that, oh, that's kind of silly and here's why he didn't mention this, maybe I should talk to him about it, send send it my way. I, I don't have any issues um doing a pivot on that uh down the road. E-League events, I want them to be Mondays. So we're gonna do two this season outdoors. May we might we may we? Man, oh man. Could we do an e-league event over the winter it's possible i don't think it's necessarily likely but it is possible um we'll see how these next two events go but i want to keep them on mondays open league events all over the place mondays tuesdays wednesdays every day of the week but e-league events i want monday to kind of be that night okay um Sorry, my notes are chicken scratch, uh, and that's being kind. All right, here's here's the next thing. What if somebody only plays in E-League events? Oh, and that player is Tiger Woods, right? That player is very, very, very good, and they are circumventing the rules. They are holding on to their E-League eligibility because they have never gone into an Open League event and competed there. Um, that won't be allowed, okay? So... 
And, and, and I've been around competition long enough to know that people love to win. They love it. So you might be thinking about yourself right now, Reed, that's so silly. That's never going to happen. A person will absolutely come out to an open league event and not just play any league events. I'm telling you right now, just wait. <laughs> okay. Um, so we will put in a rule that if you win X amount of E-League events in X amount of months, um, you become E-League ineligible. Yeah, believe it or not, that that is a thing. If you're too good for E-League, you're going to have to graduate to Open League. That's not the point. The point is not for you to come out and just clean house, right? So if, if somebody were to come out tomorrow night and they were to go 48-47, Right. And they're like, yeah, I shot a 95 at Lilliput. I'd be like, okay, well, I'll get back to you on, on, on my new e-league <laughs> eligibility requirements because you need to be playing in the open league. And again, do not put it past people. People love to win. So that is absolutely something, um, that could happen down the road. I'm excited for e-league. Um, I, I, I shared this story couple months ago, probably with recreational basketball and my recreational basketball experience, our rec league, we called it was significantly more popular than our open league. And so in with open league, um, or excuse me with rec league, if you had played any form of recre of college basketball or semi-pro or pro basketball, you were ineligible for rec league until you were over 35. We had players who would start playing rec league and we'd be like, that player's pretty good. We should probably check their college eligibility. And way down sometime, you know, on Google page search six, we'd find that they suited up for one game at uh, University of Wisconsin Stout. And boom, there went their rec eligibility. It was a really, really big deal. Um, just in Minneapolis alone, we had 37 rec basketball teams playing in the spring of 2013, I think it was. And for these players, this was their NBA. This was their college. This was their March Madness. Those other guys who were playing in open leagues, Blake Hoff Arbor, for example, um, uh, Jamal Abushamala, had already played at the highest or one of the highest levels. They didn't want to compete. The rec guys didn't want to compete against those guys for good reason. Okay. They, they were awesome. Those players are super, super, super good. I believe that 24 months from now, E-League is going to look completely different. I think the eligibility requirements are going to be completely different. I think it's going to be completely different. And I think it's going to be super popular because I got news for you guys. The players at the top of the open league events are only going to improve. That they're that that's just the way it's going to be. They're only going to get better. And as we grow, we're only going to attract better and better and better competition. Okay. So there, regardless of how many players come out tomorrow night, there is a place in 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 Puttcraft um uh for the E-League. Absolutely. I, I am extremely bullish on the long-term possibilities of E-League uh, or the Evolution League. So tomorrow night, 6 p.m., Lilliput. 
our first E-League event next Friday, Friday night, 7 p.m., Proctor, Minnesota. We're heading to Duluth Rogue Eagle Open the following morning, 11 a.m., Captain Jays in Superior, Wisconsin. I am really excited about Duluth, and I think there's going to be more people from Duluth there than, than maybe some of us are expecting. I've gotten some registrations already, and I um, don't want to make any early predictions, but I think we're all going to be pleasantly surprised. Um for next weekend. And then after that, uh, if, if we're looking ahead a little bit into the Puttcraft calendar, because I know a lot of you are not coming to Duluth um, and um, um, obviously are not E-League eligible, we'll be going to Lilliput on August 14th. That's a Monday night. And then we'll be under the lights at Eagle Lake. First trip back to Eagle Lake since the remodel on Wednesday, August 30th. And then for those of you who aren't aware, we're doing a youth event on Wednesday, August 16th at Veterans Memorial Park. So very excited for that as well. Let's do some quick birdie talk before we um, we depart for the evening. We'll be back tomorrow night with an instant reaction to our first E-League event. Sean Brown, has crossed the 500 birdies uh, threshold. He had 16 at Centennial Lakes uh, this past Tuesday. He has gone to 507. Now, Sean Brown also leads in events with 35. But here's the thing. (laughs) Sean Brown is 180 birdies clear of second place, uh, Josh Benish with 327. Third place, Anthony Dunkel at 294. Fourth place, Tom Loftus at 284. Fifth place, Matt Rolstead at 278. Sixth place, sixth place, Brady Storhoff at 271. Seventh place, Robin Schwartzman, 234. Uh, eighth place, Zach Aselius with 204. Ninth place, Eric Asilius with 201, and 10th place, Sean Anderson with 199. It should be noted that every single person on that list has 17 or 20 or more events, except for Zach, Eric Asilius, and Sean Anderson. So, now the discussion becomes, hey Reed, why don't we have an average birdie per event number? And... We should. More than anything, we should have an average birdie per event. Average eagle per event, eh, that one's one's fine, I think. You know, Sean would be just under two. Josh would be just over one. Anthony would be just over one. Tom would be just over one. Matt would be one and a half. Uh, Brady would be just um, over one. So, you know, like the, the eagle number is not as fun to me. Um, but the average birdies per event could be a really fun number, especially if we do just a little par tweaking, just a little par tweaking. Now, I I don't want to go too deep into this. This is going to be a much longer and larger discussion about par tweaking. Um, if we do it, it's going to be a group effort. We're going to build a little council to do it. It's going to be a much smaller 
change than you would think. We're, I, I'm looking at, I, I did a quick little rough run through the other day, and we're talking about 10 to 12 holes on the entire circuit, right? So it's not like we're going to be changing, potentially changing 50, 60, 70. No, no, no. It's going to be very, very, very small. But if there's a lot of pushback to it, we're not going to do it. Um, but I'm going to outline the case for doing it. And um, then I'll, I'll I'll bring that to the players' council, if you will. You will tell me yes or no, and that will be it. Okay, we're we're not going to do this um, anymore. Somebody brought up a really good point, and I'll and I'll answer this right now. They said, "Okay, this is great. What happens if we change the par on a hole, and then eventually that hole starts playing significantly different because of wear or age or whatever?" And then we're not changing it then. It's going to be changed one time and that's it. Okay. And now I'm talking about holes at Ace Course. I'm talking about holes at Lilliput. I'm talking about holes at Dred Scott, Midwest Golf Dome. If we ever go back there, I'm not talking about Captain Jay's. I'm not talking about Rogue Eagle. We are changing the pars at Rogue Eagle once we get some data. We are changing the pars at Captain Jay's once we get some data. Thank you, Matt Rolstead. You provided me with some really, really, really good feedback from uh, Captain Jay's, uh, especially hole 16, which I think is going to be a... Uh, let's just say that I think Sheila will uh, be propped up with the camera uh, at hole 16. <laughs> Maybe that's even the heat map hole. I'm I'm not totally sure. Uh, but it is a unique hole that I think is going to be talked about um, quite a bit. So that's that conversation. Um, I'm going to do a Duluth primer this week. So there are actually going to be two additional podcasts this week. There'll be the E-League instant reaction tomorrow night, and then we're going to do a Duluth primer because believe it or not, I have a lot of things regarding the expansion of Puttcraft to Duluth that I really, 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 really want to go in. Separate regions or not? For stat purposes? What about St. Cloud? St. Cloud is closer. Right. There's a lot of really, really, really fun topics that I want to get into um, uh, regarding Duluth, but we will save that for later in the week. Okay. Thank you, everyone, very much. We will see some of you tomorrow night at Lilliput at 6 p.m. It's looking hot. Looking hot. See you then.